0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash Show.
1: Beer has four ingredients. Barley, hops, yeast, and water. Hey, except when they add more things. Today it's usually fruit, marshmallows. I wouldn't be surprised if they just added tacos to the mash. But historically, one of the best additions has been wheat. We're going to delve into that today and see how wheat has changed beer over the years. And the best way to do that is to have a drink. (laughs)
0: a Drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany B. Walker.
1: I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. Hi,
2: how's everybody doing?
0: <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that is the exact Casey's
1: level enthusiastic. Of pumpedness. Yeah, that's
3: where we're at.
1: He's dead. He just said, woo! <laughs>
3: <laughs> not dead yet. I feel happy. <laughs> I feel happy. That's exactly where I am.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, why is that, Casey? Why Why? Why are you uh, mostly dead?
3: We're finishing up, a, just got done with the beer fest today, an all-day outdoor beer fest, 80 degrees. So it was definitely a trying time being on the feet.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was outdoor. I thought it was... Oh no. It was all at the in the expo center.
3: Well, it was in the expo's uh front yard basically.
1: Oh my god. Oh. Huh. Nope. Oof. <laughs>
0: yeah. At least it wasn't as hot as Oktoberfest was.
3: No. No, definitely not that hot cuz we actually had some cloud cover.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's something. That's something as we've learned.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh what exactly was going on?
3: Yeah, so um, Pikeville's Hoptoberfest uh, it's turned into a yearly uh, event now, so that's been kind of a nice, cool, cool thing going on. Um, bring a lot of different beers to Pikeville. Uh, they have paired it back quite a bit because, the, from my understanding, the cost of beer was outrageous for the past few years, like in the twenty and thirty thousand dollar range for one day's beer menu. Yeah, so um, I know they've they've pared back quite a bit, so that it, they did not spend so many thousands of dollars on beer, uh, which has been good. So now they've kind of selected the best of the best, and you don't just get the the standard stuff. Like um, when the comment was made, like Country Boy has their Cougar Bait. Well, everybody's had it, so they don't want that there. They want some of the other stuff that Country Boy has. So um, they definitely bring in the the more. Kind of random stuff rather than your your standard go tos. Mm-hmm.
1: So nice... I was gonna say I wanted to come to this because it was, <clears throat> I mean, it was a good brewery list on top. Like, and the breweries there were bringing good beers. They were bringing show beers. They were. It, it wasn't like a lot of these festivals where it would be, hey, they're gonna have you know these three beers, and you look at it and you are like, it's the three beers that are in cans all year round. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Most of it is is definitely the most of the stuff they had there was stuff that it would be very uncommon to get. Um, I mean, there were a few things that are more common, but at the same time we were, we were seeing some good stuff there. Yeah. Um, one from, oh, it was from bearded Iris, but I hadn't even heard of it before. Um, attention, please. Hmm. A double hazy IPA with hundred percent citra hops. Wow. That was really good. Really good,
0: especially on that kind of weather.
3: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so it was it was good stuff. I I tended to oh uh, the, the best part of the day was um, somebody I was talking to one of the um, reps for Goodwood, and so we were standing there chatting back and forth about some of the stuff that um, that is going on in the beer industry in general. And so um, somebody came up and said Hey, do y'all have any place for me to dump this and they had something in their glass they wanted to dump they were like this is horrible and we we were like what is it you know and they were like it's some breakfast stop from over there it was kbs they wanted to <laughs> dump kbs <laughs> like where are we and that, i mean that kind of went with our conversation you know we were talking about like um the the three floyds beers that everybody used to go all over the place for and and now yeah i was thinking about that just the just recently well i guess
2: partially because you know we did a three floyds thing mm. during our last stream but oh yeah yeah uh but yeah it's it's, it's like yeah we used to seek that out yeah yeah so well, you know you kbs you really the
0: drain KBS on a on a 80 degree no. like I, no it's <laughs> no, the time not not at place. all thing, you know?
1: If it had been inside the Expo Center, yes. Maybe. That yeah. would have yeah. hit differently than standing in- out in the sun.
2: That was it inside? A- yeah. Put put that thing in an IV. Put it straight into my veins. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it was just the best to see. Not that anybody calls someone's beer bad, but the, just but- to see somebody call a beer that has been traditionally so hard to get. It's like, it's it's like saying, things, yeah. oh, this pappy's horrible.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, oh, like they're like, they went into like a, an art museum and looked. I was like, God, this guy Who can't is this even. Picasso guy. He's like, look at this guy. Can't even like, look at these weird lines. That's not what a face looks like. <laughs> Picasso my ass. Who makes soup
3: cans into art?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where we're at. To, just, and that's I, not to
2: say like KBS is like art, yeah. I guess, but it's, <laughs> it's good. It's real good.
0: It's, it's. One of the standards for stouts, I feel like. But at the same time, it's like it, 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 not the right time and place for a stout, first of all, as we as we learned at Oktoberfest. And have, I used
2: to joke that I'd have a stout any time, but no, there is a, there's
0: a yeah. time and place. Not force. when it's so, that hot. <laughs> uh,
1: we were talking pre-show, and I was like, no, this definitely has to come up in the show. So Oktoberfest, you, you guys can have listened to our episode, talk about it, or you can go back and check that out. Any of the live streams, whatever, they're all over the place. There are different ones everywhere. Like, I don't know, there are different streams on Facebook and on Twitch, and I think there's something on, like, TikTok and Instagram or whatever the hell, I don't know. Wherever the youths use. Yeah, whatever you you, you youngins use now. But it was so hot, and I couldn't How find— How hot was it? <laughs> I don't know, about
2: 93.
1: (laughs) But I couldn't find a fest beer to save my life. Sierra Nevada has historically done a fest beer, they call it a fest beer. And so I was like, well, I know where I'm going. And it's a Meritzen now. Like everybody in the craft sector, it's just Meritzen's. No fest beers. And so that was like finally on like day three, I gave up (laughs) and I was just like, well, point me into the direction of an import because yeah. I need some traditional ass German light lager stuff going on. Bring
2: me to your finest Pilsner. Yeah, bring me some and Pilsners and
1: kolsches and that's what we did, and it went down exactly as I needed, and I was like, all right. I was like, I guess that's how we're doing Oktoberfest now. I guess I'm old and like things that. are just hitting different. I was like, when I'm out in this heat and the sun – I just need pilsners and colshes, and that's that's what we're doing Look, from now on. Because you can't I'll be say, out in ninety degree weather slamming Meritsons.
2: I say, I'll say this: I remember drinking it, and in my head, I was just hearing, "You're simply the best." Uh, <laughs> da, da, da. I mean, it, cooler than it, all the rest.
0: Maybe, like, maybe I'm just misremembering because also my memory's garbage. But I feel like this October West was like unreasonably hot, like. I, I don't know if the past well, once upon a been, time, but
2: it was that hot. We would be in the shade and we would feel better. Mm,
0: maybe yeah. that's it too. Like it's a, it's the, uh, it's the new location, you know, quote unquote new. Cause I mean, but I mean, we haven't really had that long at this location, but this location that has like basically no, no cover from the sun whatsoever. <laughs>
1: uh, and We've discovered our reprieve. Yeah. When it gets too unbearable, now we're gonna say we're gonna F, "f it", it and <laughs> we're just Sam we're Adams gonna run room. to the Sam Adams tap room and be like, "I'm not sitting down in the sun anymore. We're gonna to sit in and the it, air conditioning." It
0: worked out, or the streetcar and just ride around. Yeah, that was fine too. Because well, um, you
1: can drink at the Sam Adams tap room, and it's nothing against. The, I think it's actually a plus for the tap room. Nothing against it, but it's always deserted. It's always like a quiet, chill cafe when you come in there. There's like maybe four other people at the corner of the bar, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I feel like there weren't that many people there because of the event. Like, and yeah, the, that's the fact what it that is. There was like a bajillion things going Every, on.
1: like, if you would be in town <laughs> drinking, where are you going to be? The world's largest Oktoberfest, or at the tap room two miles away? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> uh.
0: What's everybody else been up to?
1: Well, I was going to say I thought there
2: was a there was another reason Casey was happy about about today, but nobody said I was happy.
3: Well, <laughs> no, no, we
2: we you did said well. there was a best part of your day, and I was like, I'm really, I thought there would be um, something else that was.
3: The best part of a day is going to be in like an hour and a half.
2: Well, when you get to sleep. Okay.
3: Yes, exactly. No, um, so we we got Judge's Choice for the day, which was great. So there were 64 beers there today, and so we got top beer with the Oktoberfest, and so that was a good. Yay. You know, good thing. Um, you
1: beat
3: yeah. KBS. Well, <laughs> we definitely beat KBS. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was told that uh, Country Boys Oktoberfest came in second, and then it was the double New England IPA with third, and then fourth was our s'more stout, actually. Mm-hmm. So mm. uh, that went over really well. We almost kicked that keg. I think it was the only keg that would have been kicked today, but we almost kicked that one. That
2: I would have liked makes,
0: Okay. That is the only stout I could think of that might make sense in that kind of weather because s'mores. And you're just yep. like camping. It all associates, you know? <laughs> yep.
3: We we built two beers in today or two drinks in today that were unlike although they're the only like single one off kegs. So we had the s'more stout and then we have a new a, you know, I I have been playing with ciders, but I don't like it. So we're working <laughs> on stands. we're working on a um, a low-calorie cider, though. Um, sorry, did I say seltzers or ciders earlier? We've you been working seltzers. on seltzers.
2: You've been oh. working on
3: seltzers? Okay. Yeah, so, okay, and I don't okay. like that. So we're right. working on a low – I do like my ciders. Um, we're working on a um, a low-calorie, 100-calorie-per-12-ounce cider, though, um, that comes in about 5% ABV. It's not back-sweetened, but we still flavor it. Um, this one was with apple pie spices, Mm-hmm. So you still get the flavor of cider. It's just very light and crisp, and um, you you still get that low light couch. and
2: crisp, but not flavors I think of with apple
3: pie. Yeah, well, yeah. So just the apples in general, and then like think yeah. cinnamon and nutmeg and all that right on top of it. But but yeah, we, it's definitely not an overly sweetened uh, beverage. Um, okay. <laughs> like dry white wine with those spices in it. So um, that's what we're kind of working on with the new new stuff that we tried out today. And so we made it went really well, actually. So um, we'll see where that goes here in the next little bit.
2: Okay, that's good. How things been for uh, in Casa de Walker?
1: Uh, uh going. <laughs> that's really <laughs> the best thing can be said. I don't know. Every day's the same. I feel like I'm in Groundhog's Day.
0: Mm-hmm. We uh, we did finally get um Emmett's birthday party scheduled. So yeah. we're excited about that. In that it's something different and we'll get to see family that we wanted to see. He does I mean, that's he's like his priorities in life right now with him, you know, turning three, he's like, is there going to be cake? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Or donuts. Done. That's that's our <laughs> priority. His potty training. So we've had, we found one of the key things is to be, because at first he was like, oh, candy. Like whenever he'd use the potty, he'd like, oh, you and want candy? Like, yeah. And now he's like, <laughs> he could give two craps about the candy. Yeah. What do you, uh, well, really wants, that,
2: that's, that's the idea. You want him to, well, to crap. Not, he will
1: not literally. <laughs> though, he wants, yeah. uh, donuts. <clears throat> little, oh, yeah. The little donuts. Oh. So that's, we start it once or Which twice. Is my
0: parents' fault. I'm going to yeah. put this out there right now. <laughs>
1: Well, no, they just gave us the box of the little packs of those. And then we were like, well, it's what are we going to use them for? And we're like, I don't know. let use them for a reward because we know he wants them. And <laughs> so now when he, we've got to change it up because he'll pee in the potty and he'll immediately jump up and do the like success fist. And he'll go, I peed in the potty. I get a donut.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him. And he like, does yeah, this
1: I... like happy dance trot. Into the, into the kitchen, kitchen to, like, to get, get his donut. donut. He's just doing the donut dance. I'm, I'm assuming he's doing this whole
2: doing it the whole time, pants still around his ankles.
1: He would, just if you don't
0: get him up. Not wrong. <laughs> With his uh, little but Toy Story all, underwear on the on the ground. I'm just,
2: I'm just picturing Chris being so proud. He's like, that's a good Huey fist he's given right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I get
0: a donut. Yeah. Like, he says it, like, half angrily, half, like, super pumped. <laughs>
1: And then he just like slams the donut and gets sad when he doesn't get another. He goes no the donut and we're like no. And then he starts screaming at us. Maybe in four to oh, six hours. Works. <laughs> we try to limit yeah, it to that one a donut day. donut into poop, and then <laughs> yeah. we'll try to limit it to one a day so it it becomes distracting him when he uses the potty later so that he doesn't ask about it. Because mm-hmm. like right before bed he'll go to the potty and then Jim will go I get a donut and we're like it's bedtime dude you can have it tomorrow. And he's like. <laughs> Like we're not giving you a donut right when you're going to bed. Daddy ate all the donuts.
0: <laughs> okay, I do have to say, so on. So I've been excited because, um, you know, it's October now, the best month of the year, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I we, we all know, like, I'm not into scary shit. I like, <laughs> I, I am at Disney level spooky. You right. know, I, I Adam's family disney which i thought my halloween
1: i thought we were all keyed in there until we are you getting at the mickey thing yeah yeah okay that's where
0: i'm going so disclaimer i hate like to the point that like i almost go blind like i can't i can't handle it the new animation uh for the new mickey cartoons the mickey and friends cartoons Oh yeah, um, it looks Ren and Stimpyish. And oh, I'm they're like, short right, right. and they, they do the
1: gross out. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, and I'm like, this is not Mickey Mouse, this is blasphemy, and you should feel bad.
1: So it was an, it was a, it was a bold, bold decision they made going with that you, art style. It was I wrong,
0: was, and they should feel bad.
2: I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. in, in your mind, Mickey is a much more classy cartoon than Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. yeah. Because, because tr- traditionally, most of the uh, cartoons for Mickey that we've seen over the years have been, used to be, awesome. you know, well, because they used to be uh, uh, pre-film feature. Like pre- yeah, like shorts before oh, the film.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and we're used to, like, the TV stuff, like the Roadster thing and the Clubhouse yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Four
1: small kids, yeah. Anyway. The Chitlins. So
0: they put out Ooh. a new special for Halloween. <laughs> but it, And it's with this new, you know, that, that animated thing. That it that, is. A, that style. And... <laughs>
1: It is downright horrifying. It is I'm saying Goofy is an axe murderer. Close. So
0: imagine chainsaw murderer. That horrible animation on top of a story that basically blends Hansel and Gretel and Sweeney Todd.
2: <laughs> that yeah. already a one-to-one comparison.
0: <laughs> More or less, but well, she has the sweets thing or whatever. Anyway, so. Basically, Huey, Dewey, and
1: Louie being turds like uh, always,
0: and apparently Mickey's nephews because there's always a niece or nephew yeah, that, that doesn't make sense at all. I
1: was aware Minnie had nieces, and then suddenly they're like, "Oh, and Mickey has two nephews." And I was like, "Where the f did these guys come from?"
2: Yeah, exactly. no, they they're pre existing. I recall those.
0: Okay, whatever. So the point is, it by the time so the thing is, Mickey can't tell a scary story. Well, by the end, everyone's scared shitless, and <laughs> Mickey's like, "The story ends with." The kids getting turned into pie by this witch. And we're like, like Emmett has this look on his face the entire time watching this. uh, Like, this is super sus, guys. And he's like, (laughs) like the whole time. And we're just like, like, y'all are okay with this? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is happening? And, like, by the end, it shows every single character, like, scared out of their minds. And we're like, yeah, that's accurate. Like, what is going on? This is Mickey.
1: And then we watch, like, oh all evening Toy Story of Terror on repeat. He just loves it.
0: That's all he wants to watch now. He says, mm-hmm. Toy Story, monster. <laughs>
1: no, uh, he starts saying, uh Jesse.
0: Oh yeah, he's like Jesse finds a way. <laughs> yeah, he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, the Toy Story of Terror thing, but it's no. it's when they introduce Combat Carl, and okay. uh, and the yeah, well, okay, if you haven't seen this Toy Story four, then that's not gonna make sense. Nope. Anyway, nope. it's really funny and it's Carl actually, Weathers it holds up pretty well. As, Carl Weathers does Combat as, Carl as an
1: old school GI Joe Combat Carl. All right, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm
2: down for that actually.
0: <laughs> I just think, honestly, like the. Toy Story of Terror and uh, the Christmas one, which, um, the land that toys forgot, or something something I'm going to cry oh. like
1: The Toy Story Time Forgot.
0: Yeah, those two are the best Toy Story shorts, like, hands down. Um, hmm. But, yeah, so we've watched that no less than four times today. And <laughs> it's that, a wonderful
2: it's, Toy Story. It's I feel like tell- it should have been, no. it's a wonderful Toy Story, right?
1: <laughs> no. I mean, kind they of. Sh- they really should have. Kind of. Um, but, no, uh, Toy Story of Terror is literally almost a one-to-one telling of Alien <laughs> with the Toy Story characters. Like, no joke. It's fantastic. Something bursts and it's, like, out of slink's except chest. Except
0: then it's also got, like, the essentially the, the character. It is tense. That meta character. For, like, because, so, Bonnie's toy. Oh, Mr. from P- Scream? Mr. Pickle. Pants is telling he's like oh. you know in a classic horror story this would happen and then like you see then a it character happens. disappear and you're like <gasps>
1: <laughs> like and someone will begin to lag behind and they'll pick us off one by one and then <laughs> then they start getting picked off one by one and
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's great actually so I highly yeah. recommend that but yes we we've had to watch it a lot we could recite it to you right now if you wanted to
2: <laughs> uh, that's that's fine uh,
1: Jesse remember your training well, I don't have any training. <laughs>
2: You know we do have.
1: We're
3: not bad drunk.
2: Give it time. I've not cracked open my next beer yet. Say,
0: we'll crack I'm, it open. I'm a five percenter right now.
2: <laughs> uh, no, uh, we are doing wheat beer today, so uh, let's uh, kick this off with a little quote as a uh, brew your own magazine has this to say about wheat. The history of brewing is a story of barley. I, <laughs> that, Chris, I see what you mean. <laughs> I almost went the concept of resistance to fire is as old as
1: recorded history. <laughs> it's just, it's just there. You can't uh, help it.
2: The <laughs> <laughs> concept of resistance to beer is as old <laughs> as history itself. Just um, also just probably no, his- uh, Sorry, this is, this is pre-show discussion. That's, uh, a, a certain magician who shall remain Brian Brushwood's uh, <laughs> magic act's opening is just burned into our brain. Uh, anyway, the history of brewing is a story of barley. Although beer can be brewed from any malted grain, uh, the structure of barley has always uh, uh, always been like a gift from Providence. The perfect grain for malting, mashing, and brewing. Through the centuries, however, other cereals have been used in conjunction with barley, frequently for economic reasons anyone
1: else in their head see when he said that like suddenly you hear thunder and you see a darkened sky start (laughs) rolling through anyone no just me okay uh
2: the staple of grain uh the uh, staple grain of europe is wheat and while its primary function has been the production of bread and pasta that's doing the lord's work right there (laughs) uh sorry quick quick interjection there for you uh Wheat has also found its way into the creation of distinctive beers.
1: The would beg to differ. Uh,
2: hmm. Uh, Brewers use wheat along with barley because of wheat's soft, crisp flavor, a special quality that works well with the background of additions of berries and other fruits. Beer drinkers seem to love the, quote, natural Quality of beers, which often uh, which are often hazy with proteins and offer distinct contrast from the brightly filtered industrial brews. Something about wheat lends itself to a summertime refreshers, whether they're Bavarian Weiss beers, Belgian wheat beers, or American wheat beers.
1: Uh, yeah. and can we PSA wheat- at uh, New Belgium to say, "Hey, putting wheat in your ale." To make it hazy doesn't count as making it a New England. Your
2: IPA does not does not make it a hazy IPA.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he went to make a point, stopped, said, no, i got to finish this beer first. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Uh, so, look, I mean, technically, that made it a hazy beer that was also an IPA, but that does not make it correct to style. <laughs>
1: Makes it lazy.
2: Anyway. Look they sold out shortly afterwards so uh wheat can uh, simply be categorized into two varieties white and red much like wine mm. red red wheat <laughs> all right that was a stretch uh white wheat contributes to a uh, light straw color while red wheat has an almost imperceptible darker uh darker reddish hue uh Red wheat is uh, often used in hefeweizen and other traditional wheat styles due to its distinctive uh, characteristic wheat flavor. Wheat, uh, white wheat, however, uh, may have a character closer to bread uh, and bread dough. Uh, I'm actually kind of I, I can, I kind of half can probably picture which ones they're thinking of when they uh, when they mentioned that though. Like when I when I hear like a bready wheat, i like. I can't think of the name of one, but I know I've had one. I'm like, yeah, huh. I can, I can picture that taste.
1: Meanwhile, I'm trying to come that up with a tongue makes, twister. That no makes no sense. Will Wheaton brews beer with, Will Wheaton <laughs> brews beer with white wheat.
2: Mm. <laughs> Not anymore, but yeah. Uh, uh, in the U.S., red wheats are grown, uh, Throughout the Great Plains states in the UK, it's with its damp climate, only red wheats are cultivated. Both white and red wheat are grown on the European continent. As with barley, white wheat goes through a similar uh, malting process to help grow enzymes in the grain that will help convert starch to sugar in the mash. As with most barley malts, either wheat, uh, uh, either wheat malt can be used as part of the base malts, uh, since it can convert, uh, sorry, either wheat malt can be used uh, as part of the uh, uh, part or all of the base malts in wheat beer. Since it can convert its own starches, plus those from other grains, uh, and using a high a high wheat mash, however, uh, may cause issues in the brewing. Barley husk is a crucial element in mashing, as it provides a natural filter bed during. Uh, laudering, uh, and runoff of the sweet wort. Uh, since wheat has no such husk, the uh, grist with a high percentage of wheat may require special effort to prevent the mash from getting stuck in the mash tun. Mm. Uh, the gummy nature of wheat can clog the pores of the mash filter. Uh, God. My... My teenage skin knows all about that. <laughs> uh, to prevent this, uh, the brewer has a few tools in their toolbox. Casey,
1: uh, from firsthand experience, is this is this really a problem?
3: Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> I was waiting for Casey to go, oh, God, yes, it haunts my dreams. I wake yeah. up in a cold sweat when I brew a wheat beer.
3: There's always troubles. Um, and now, it depends on how much wheat you're using. If you're up there in high percentages, 50% or more, yeah, for sure. Uh, you can throw in a little bit of wheat, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. But if you're throwing in a good amount, half of your your barley or ha- half your malt wheat, yeah, it, it's going to get gummy. Um, and for us – Sorry, real quick.
2: I picture an Irish brewer joke where you make an Irish red with wheat – and you
3: call it the troubles. Sorry, <laughs> continue. Oh, oh,
1: oh. Poor taste. Oh. Oh.
3: We um when we get it clogged with the filter bed gets clogged, we have to actually like reverse the flow and blow liquid back up through the bottom of the mash oh tub and then try to get it to to slow or uh. more slowly come through. Other friends
2: of mine in the brewing industry have told me similar issues they had when they were uh, doing a coconut beer and something went wrong. Pumpkin was the worst that we had. <laughs> and they took down a Like they had to just replace parts. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. that's uh, yeah. That, that kind of narrows things down. So, Oh, why don't you see some certain beers all the time? It's like, because it breaks equipment.
0: <laughs> not worth it. We hate them.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not worth the hassle. So, uh,
2: first, brewers uh, will add rice hulls. The fibrous uh, exterior layer comes from the whole uh, brown rice. These husks replace the missing husks to act uh, – uh, and act as bulk uh, – uh, act to bulk up the mash to increase the flow through the grain bed. Uh Brewers who choose to use some barley in their mash – in their malt bill may take care to leave the husks on the barley as intact as possible. They may even wet the grain before milling to help minimize the damage to the husks. Uh, Creatively, some brewers uh, use whole spent – use spent whole hops from a previous batch and layer them in the bottom of the mash to act as a filter medium. That's nice. That's that's a – because uh, at that point, they're not going to get any flavor from them, but might as well keep using it for
0: the circle of life. <laughs>
2: yeah. I was, I was going to say, you know, it's like Captain Planet taught us, reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> anyway, the uh, uh, if the brewery desi- uh, is designed with whi- uh, wheat beers in mind, uh, the mash tun may be more shallow and wide uh, to uh, than traditional mash tuns. This will spread the grain over a larger surface and give more ways for the runoff to get through the mash. Uh, There's also a method called uh, decoction or uh, step mashing. These mashes are started at 95 to 99 Fahrenheit range uh, before uh, being raised to the protein rest stage of uh, 113 to 138 Fahrenheit. Uh, The proteinase and uh, uh, peptidase Enzymes, collectively known as the uh, protolytic enzymes, work at these temps to break down the sticky proteins in a wheat mash so they don't clog the filter. After a short rest, the mash is then raised to the standard starch conversion temp of 150 uh, uh, Fahrenheit range. This special technique may require additional equipment or lots of work to complete, and all I can think of when I heard "short rest" the mash is, I was like, "Man, I've played too much D and
1: D." Short rest.
2: All right, Warwick, well, well, get all your spells back now. Get get back to work. Uh, anyway, whatever method is used by the brewers to help mitigate the stuck sparge, the main effort is to go slow and gentle. Yeah, <laughs> ease that weed in there. <laughs> oh, just just the tip. Just the hustle. um. Just the husk. though no, slow sparge will help prevent uh, compacting the grain bread bed. Hate when my <laughs> or the grain
1: bread. I hate, I hate when my grain bed yeah. gets compacted, man.
2: Also who works on an impacted <laughs> bell. Robo Rooter.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: <Wow. laughs> I wrote it down for uh, that Futurama the...
1: joke, okay?
2: Oh, it it mm-hmm. it's in my head, at at least. Five times a week. Uh, let's not talk about what I eat for that to be a thing that pops in my head a lot. Uh, while we have spoken about malted uh, wheat, there are other preparations that can uh, preparations of what can be uh, used in brewing. These kinds of weeds, however, do not contain any enzymes to help the starch conversion, and therefore cannot be used as the only grains in a batch of beer.
1: Keeping with the innuendos. Let's get raw. Let's get raw about it. Let's oh, talk unmalted wheat. Oh. Also referred to as raw wheat. is essential. Raw wheat. <laughs> like to raw wheat. It. <laughs> it <has> to... <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's essential to the wheat beers of Belgium. Raw wheat produces beer less sweet and full bodied than those made with malted wheat, making an excellent choice for more crisp and refreshing styles. And honestly, I think that probably brings it more to the category what we're used to. Because most wheat beers that I associate with, it's that crisp and refreshing. I don't know. It could just mm-hmm. be me and the wheat beers I'm choosing. Could be. Probably not the one mm-hmm. I just poured. <laughs> <sighs> Raw wheat creates uh, special problems in milling because the kernel is extraordinarily hard. For the reason,
0: <laughs> <Yeah, it is. laughs> look, at-
1: <laughs> Brittany's even in on these innuendos. It's, it's not just me being, you know, twelve. <laughs> oh, uh, for for this reason, soft wheats are definitely an advantage. can We call them flaccid wheats. <laughs>
0: probably like, I'm tired, you guys. Do whatever you want. Casey's like, look, I put a lot of work into this,
1: and you guys are just turning it into bad prepubescent jokes. In fairness, he knows what
3: show this is. It is. It's, It's part of the thing. If
1: the proportion of raw wheat is to be very high, it is important not to pulverize all the wheat into powder, but to achieve a good balance of grits and flour. Flaked wheat. Can be used, uh, can be a useful substitute for raw grain. While it retains much of the special character of the raw product, flaked wheat is much easier to handle, primarily because it requires no milling. Like flaked barley, maize, and oats, it can be added directly to any mash. And I guess. Apply directly to the mash. <laughs> flaked wheat, apply directly to the mash. <laughs> I guess on that note, yeah, a lot of the ones I see, uh, I, that's what I'll. It'll say uh, flaked, like it'll specifically say it on any label added.
3: The key benefit is it's already – so you don't have to do this with barley, but you have to do it with the other grains like corn and and oats and and, uh, wheat. You have to gelatinize the starches before you can use them. And so that means heating it up to a temperature in like the 190-degree range so that with moisture so that it can it can basically um think of the difference between like wheat flour and oats how how oats kind of get gummy mm-hmm. and wheat flour just kind of gets pasty yeah um the the flaking process heats them up and lets them basically cook and then after they're cooked, they will squish them down to make them like flakes. Hmm. Um, what's a, a oatmeal is a flaked, yeah. usually like your instant oats, they're flaked, they're pre um, gelatinized. Hmm.
1: All right. Anyway, uh, like flaked barley, maize, and oats, it can be added directly to any mash. It is, however, much more expensive than raw wheat. Like raw wheat, it's especially suitable for drier, crisper beers than for Bavarian style vice beers. All right. Torrified oh, wheat. It's just horrified. See, w-
2: when we were talking dick jokes, I looked down and saw horrified, <laughs> and I thought I said, uh, like, turgid. <laughs> turgid.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus. What about wheat is so phallic? It's like, oh, never mind.
1: Hmm. Torrified wheat is a heat treated and pre gelatinized unmalted brew. heat treated and pre gelatinized unmalted brewers wheat that can be used as a general grain or adjunct in the mash and can replace unmalted yeah, can. wheat. The process helps sorry, I'm just gonna the process helps Sorry bre- I'm just trying to add weird, weird interjections <laughs> of yeah, can See what happens. Helps break Sorry. the cellular structure, allowing easier hydration and breakdown by enzymes. It increases the beer's body and head retention. Yeah, I can. <laughs> what was gonna say? We just gonna leave that <laughs> one there. Just pause. As well as adding a very slight toasted flavor, Torrified wheat is traditionally found in British beers. That makes sense for the toasted.
3: Mm. So mm-hmm. we don't use. We don't see a whole lot of torrified wheat in like o- normal everyday foods, but let's let's take the same um oats example. So if quick oats are flaked, then torrified oats would be something very similar to like sugar smacks. How they're <laughs> popped up and, and puffed basically. Smack smacks.
2: Smack just... See I thought sugar smacks were just child crack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
1: <Get> the smack. <laughs> Well, uh, if, if we're going down that road, let's get into caramel or crystal wheat—the the hard stuff, that oh. crystal wheat. <laughs> Talking about crack. Yeah. <laughs> this is wheat that you'll rip out. Uh,
2: you rip out copper out of the wall for.
1: <laughs> it's processed in much the same way as caramel barley malt, the traditional ingredient that gives beer amber and caramel sweetness. The wheat. V-
2: Sorry, I'm picturing now a. Uh, uh, breaking
3: Bad scenario, but they're <laughs> brewers.
1: <laughs> oh, the wheat version...
3: Already optioned in Netflix.
1: <laughs> the wheat version is sweet and smooth with subtle caramel and dark toast flavors and a clean finish that doesn't linger. This wheat malt is recommended for all beer styles that use caramel malts, such as IPAs, pale ales, wheat beers, Bach beers. I really feel like this has to come into play with Bach beers. And Session beers... Where a touch of subtle caramel plus smooth, dark toast flavor is beneficial. because listen that last sentence, and it's like, no, that it you just described Bach.
2: I feel like the last two types of wheat, uh, if you were at risk for having a, having a stroke, do not enjoy these beers.
1: <laughs> but, oh, I smell toast. <laughs> oh. You can use uh, you can use it in any beer style to add sweetness and develop smoother, complex flavors. This malt also works great for improved body, foam, and foam retention, flavor, and color.
2: See, that's what I tell my doctor when I drink.
1: Just improve body. Just this
2: trying to, this wheat's here to improve my just body. Trying
1: to improve your foam and your foam retention.
2: <laughs>
0: as you do.
1: Yeah, he's he's a little confused by that. <laughs>
0: Fair enough.
1: <laughs> My foam retention is strong. <laughs> just ask anyone who walks up to the urinal after me. Oh. Midnight wheat. Make you smell asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be in a bathroom after I've had asparagus. <laughs> My asparagus pee is just oof. Anyway, <coughs> whatever the, the gene is that allows you to smell asparagus in urine, I've got it so, big time.
3: <laughs> in At the at the risk of, of being harsh or I don't know. Um and speaking of sugar smacks, that's another one that does it for me. Oh. I definitely have a, a an aroma after eating sugar smacks. Really? Like,
2: oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
3: I don't know what it is about that one, but could be the style of wheat.
0: <laughs> I haven't had that stuff in a thousand years. Like
2: you're getting that you're twelve. You're getting that hard. You're getting that hard crystal wheat. It's yeah.
1: All right. So midnight <sighs> anyway, wheat, midnight. roasted wheat malt uh, contributes the same dark color characteristics as black malt, but without the bitter, astringent, dry flavors or aftertaste. Finishes exceptionally clean and is the smoothest source of black color of any malt. It is excellent in black IPAs, Schwartz beers, other dark ales, and lagers. And for color adjustment in any beer style.
3: This is the brewer's secret weapon right midnight here. Midnight wheat. Yep.
1: So if, you're, if something came out just a little lighter than you wanted, you're like, we're going <laughs> to just re, revamp the recipe with some midnight wheat.
3: Yeah. Or if you want your beer to taste like just to have a dark color but not taste roasty toasty, Mm -hmm. use midnight wheat because it's not going to add those roasted flavors. It's just going to add color.
2: I had a Schwartz beer that someone had made uh, that some big company had made some years back and I remember tasting it like being very roasty toasty and I remember looking down and going, huh. I was not expecting this. Mm -hmm. All right. It wasn't like terrible, but I was like, I was expecting a different entirely different kind of experience just out of you yeah.
0: for some reason so like I totally understand that the name given what it does the midnight wheat thing but I'm just getting like maybe it's just because it's Halloween season I guess I'm getting the deadly nightshade <laughs> in my head instead and I'm like it's not <laughs> right
3: <laughs> this is the midnight Wheat. Like we had this in two note uh, newt tells. <laughs>
0: And then I'm also getting the thing from Two Nutellas. The, the, the TV show of The Worst Witch when she's like, well, I picked it at 12.01 instead of midnight. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Since wheat can contribute Too to late. head retention, it is used in many styles in small amounts. These styles may be Kolsch, Altbeer, English Bitters, British Golden Ales, Scottish Ales, American Blonde, and Saison, as well as others. The New England IPA could be considered a quasi-wheat beer, since many brewers will use large doses of wheat in the grist to increase haziness and mouthfeel, which I think is blasphemy. <laughs> I get that it's done. Just a lot of the a just, lot of the culprits who are really bad for doing that. It really comes out in the mouthfeel.
3: Doesn't make it right. <laughs> it just
1: is. It, it may be considered acceptable. By judging communities, but they're wrong. But certain <laughs> guilty brewers who do that, it, it just they, it comes across when I feel like I've got a mouthful of flour.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, like, look, like what they did was bad and they should feel
1: bad. <laughs> All right. There are many beers, however, that use higher percentages of wheat in their malt bill, uh, some more than 50% wheat. Historically, four regions are known for their wheat beers, Germany, Poland, Belgium, and the U.S. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's dive let's dive into these bad boys. Let's get into the Germans. You've got Weissbier. Hmm. Weissbier is pale, refreshing German wheat beer with high carbonation, dry finish, fluffy mouthfeel, and a distinctive banana and clove yeast character. Mwah, which is what I think of, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, these are refreshing, fast-maturing beers that are lightly hopped and show a unique banana-clove yeast character. I always thought when I came to these with that flavor, it is like the yeast, right? Like that is just a big time the yeast mm-hmm. is showing.
3: Oh Yeah, almost completely.
1: Okay, that's what I thought, and that's why I liked them. I was like, it's just yeasty. Uh, these beers often don't age well under best enjoyed while young and fresh. <laughs> it's like we're
0: just going to let, let that one marinate for about
1: 5 <laughs> seconds and it hit. Uh, the version mithefe is served with suspended yeast. Uh, the Cristal version of <laughs> <laughs> version is filtered for excellent clarity and makes a beer which is generally fruitier and less phenolic than that of the vice beer mithefe. These beers may be known as a hefeweizen, particularly in the United States. And I know the people are probably mad at the way I'm saying heffa at the way I'm saying Eisen, but whatever it's how I've always said it, That's how I will continue to say it
0: as opposed to what like what's the
1: um I can't even get my mind around it, but the saying heffa is apparently not
2: you're supposed to pronounce it. You're supposed to pronounce it I mean, like
1: hee-fee or something. People are in a tizzy that we're pronouncing it wrong. They're like, you don't, you don't know how to speak the language, so you're saying it wrong. I mean, I'm like, whatever. I'm gonna say half of vison, and if you don't like it, you can kiss my ass.
2: I mean, I mean, yes, we do not how to speak the language. We're sorry for saying it wrong. Speak for yourself.
1: Have you? If anyone who's mad about it, I beg you, please go listen to any Scotch episode, and you'll, you'll put a gun to your head. <laughs>
0: Literally anything that's in... Actually, no. Go listen to any of the French wine episodes. Oh,
1: those are bad, too. Just... Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, while Bavaria has a wheat beer tradition dating back hundreds of years, brewing wheat beer used to be a monopoly reserved for Bavarian royalty. Did not know that. Modern Weiss beer uh, dates from 1872 when Schneider began production. However, pale weiss beer only became popular since the 1960s. It is quite popular today, particularly in southern Germany.
3: The Schneider Weiss is still, I believe, uh, one of the top wheat beers that's out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to see more. I don't know more styles like that. Just these things. I don't know. <laughs> I just love. Give me some dates and some facts about a beer while I'm drinking it, and I'm gonna love it. <laughs> Anyway, uh,
2: if this show has taught us anything, yeah,
1: Dunkel's Weiss beer. Uh, Dunkel's Weiss beer is moderately dark German wheat beer with a distinctive banana and clove yeast character, sported by a toasted bread or caramel malt flavor. So basically, you're saying, here's some liquid banana bread.
2: Oh, no. Mm, I, yeah. haven't had, I haven't had a Dunkel Weiss in a
1: long time. You want one now. Time. I don't don't really you?
0: haven't had one since. I really do. When was the last time we were at Hopr? I was gonna say Hopr
1: is <laughs> the only place over well, that seems to be the place though to get something like that.
3: So they're, they've got a Dunkel that's on all the time, but the Dunkel Vice is different. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. that's true. So they do have one, uh,
1: I've had <laughs> the Dunkel Vice there, and I remember loving it.
3: I'm sure it's probably one of their one-off, yearly, one month a year beers.
1: Yeah, it's one of their monthly keg taps. All right. uh, Highly carbonated and refreshing with a creamy, fluffy texture and light finish that encourages drinking. I mean, yeah. The presence of Munich and or Vienna type barley malts gives this style a deep, rich barley malt character not found in a Weiss beer. Often known as a Dunkelweizen, particularly in the United States, old fashioned Bavarian wheat beer was often dark, as were most beers of the day. Pale beers started to become more popular in the 1960s, but but traditional dark wheat beer remained somewhat of an old person's drink.
2: Well, I've been old since I was 12, so that seems... <laughs> He's an old soul. <laughs> yelling, at, yelling
1: at kids to get off my lawn. Yeah, that's, that's better than me. Here in our apartment, I'm hanging out the window wanting to yell at the kids to get out of our parking lot. <laughs> Get the hose on you. You don't live in this building. Get out of the parking lot. You're gonna scratch the cars.
0: <laughs> part old man, part Gladys Kravitz. Uh, okay.
1: I know everything that Abner, happens. In, I know everything that happens in this alley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Well, next up on the list we have Weisenbach. Uh, which is a strong, malty, fruity, wheat-based ale combining the best malt and yeast flavors of a pale or dark Weiss beer with the multi rich flavor, strength, and body of a Dunkelsbock or Doppelbock. Uh, that's fine. A Weiss beer brewed to Bock or Doppelbach, Doppelbach strength. That's fun to say. Uh, Schneider also produces an Eisbach version of... Pale and dark versions exist, although dark are more common. Pale versions have less rich malt complexity and often more hops, as with Doppelbox. Lightly oxidized uh, Maillard. Maillard products can produce some rich, intense flavors and aromas that are often seen in aged, imported commercial products. Fresher versions will not have this character. Well-aged examples might also take on a slight sherry-like complexity. Hmm. Mm. That sounds fine, too. Uh, Next up, I think the one we're super familiar with uh, after coming out of summer, (laughs) Berliner Weiss. (laughs) Because they were everywhere. Uh, The the Berliner Weiss is a very pale, refreshing, low-alcohol German wheat beer with a clean, lactic sourness and a very high carbonation level. A light bread yeah. dough malt flavor supports the sourness, which shouldn't seem artificial. Any Brit funk is restrained, um, which should just be.
2: As <laughs> Strat- I was gonna say, the Brett, the Brett's in a straitjacket, just <laughs> say, "You're Let not up in here with you. are locked up in here with me."
0: Uh, in Germany, it's classified as a, Schonk beer. Question mark?
2: I, like... thought that, I thought that it said
3: shank beer. <laughs> I mean... And, and like, I, saw a skank.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> I was like, man, bring back the 90s. Like
0: nothing wow, nothing is making that word sound good. Um, It's denoting a small beer of low alcohol, traditionally in the 3 to 4% range. No, yeah, it's, it's still... It's a
1: skank beer. Skank beer. <laughs>
0: oh, dear. It's a, it's
1: a still reserve.
0: I'm in high school again. Actually, no, that's not in high school. Uh, often served with the addition of a shot of sugar syrups flavored with raspberry, uh, Woodruff, Kim beer, or yeah, it's all you. Skank
1: its just holding true to skank beer. <laughs>
0: like it's just yeah. Or caraway schnapps. Car- that shouldn't exist. Um, to the counter, sub- <laughs> uh, so to counter the substantial sourness. Okay, that's fair then. Uh, has been described by some as the most purely refreshing beer in the world. Really? Is it? (laughs) Um, A regional specialty of Berlin, referred to by Napoleon's troops in 1809 as, quote, the Champagne of the North, due to its lively and elegant character.
2: I feel like they were saying that because they had been marching for a long time (laughs) and just went,
0: hey, we
1: found something alcoholic.
2: Now. Now
1: drink all of it Basically. or it was on their way back from Russia hmm. the few that survived <laughs> going oh we're alive and this has alcohol it's before Russia continue
2: oh. with the episode and I'll interject randomly with with the I was just facts. thinking of
1: t- not the time I wasn't thinking year I was just trying to okay uh,
0: at one point it was smoked and there used to be Merritzin strength version. Interesting. Increasingly rare in Germany, but American craft breweries now regularly produce the style. As we know.
2: Julian <laughs> in Russia in uh, 1812. Ah. Sorry.
0: I know nothing about this. Um, Gosa. Another uh, popular... I don't know. Actually, I'm, I'm going to say popular, but like honestly, there's only the one Gosa that I like regularly go to when it is available. And that's the... <laughs>
1: And it involves
3: when, pickles.
0: Oh god, no. That's not me.
1: That's me. Which is weird because I love
0: pickles, but I don't want to drink them. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, I used to drink pickle juice.
0: Well, it's supposed to be good for you, but that's not the point. So Urban
1: Artifacts Pickle <laughs> Gosa uh, just for but, some reason. The, the one that
0: forming. I'm thinking of is the uh the shade. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, okay. BlackBerry.
2: Because I was going to say, because, because, uh, because pickle juice is in fact not good for me. It's the opposite oh, of
0: good for
1: well, me. That's true, that's true. <laughs> acid. It is acid. And salt. Yeah, that's fair. I thought <laughs> oh. uh, the sequench was.
0: Sequench isn't considered a yeah. It oh. should be, but it's not.
1: That's
2: because I thought it was too. Yeah. Well, there was a. Uh, oh no, never mind. You said shade. Never mind.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, shade. That's what. Anyway, so Gosa is a minor style associated with uh, Leipzig, but originating in the Middle Ages in the town of Goslar on the Gosa River. Uh, Well, there we go. Uh, Documented to have... Uh, Originating
2: in the town of Brian Gosling.
0: (laughs) You know what? At least you went there. Because I was like, it hit my head, but I was like, I'm not going to go there. Uh, Documented to have been in Leipzig by 1740. Leipzig was said to have 80 Gosa houses in 1900. Houses. Uh, production declined significantly <laughs> after World War II and ceased entirely in 1966. Modern production was revived in the eighties, but the beer is not widely available.
1: Um, I feel like they <laughs> haven't visited a craft brewery in the U S then. <laughs> I don't know a single one who doesn't do a ghost. I think
3: traditionally, I think traditionally in Germany, yeah, at least yeah. just like,
0: eh. it's not. Yeah. Uh, this style is a highly carbonated tart and fruity wheat ale, with a restrained coriander and salt character and low
1: bitterness. That's going to be my Today I Learned from this episode. ghost is a weed ale. Huh.
2: Um, I, I, I learned earlier today when I was shopping for weed ale and was consulting the episode to go, what can I pick?
0: That's fair, yeah. Uh, which, oh, that just made me think. Shade was out the last time Oktoberfest was around, and it's not out right now at all. So, hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, very refreshing with bright flavors and high attenuation. The recipe contains pilsner and wheat malts, restrained use of salt and coriander seed, as well as lactobacillus bacteria. The coriander should have a fresh, citrusy, bright note and not be vegetal, celery-like, or ham-like.
2: Nothing should be ham-liked <laughs> and you drink it.
0: Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a general rule. I have a...
2: I have a simple rule in life, don't drink ham. Ugh. Um
3: uh, you've never been to a honey baked ham. Okay,
2: fair. I don't want to drink
3: the ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to drink what comes ham. off of it. Yeah. That stuff's pure sugar. Uh,
0: the salt should have a sea salt or fresh salt character, not a metallic iodine note. Good. to
2: uh, see. That's how you get that's how you get goiters, <laughs> not having that iodine salt. So. <laughs>
0: It's true. Uh, served in traditional <laughs> cylindrical glasses, historical versions may have been more sour than modern examples due to spontaneous fermentation, yeah. and may be blended with syrups, as in done as is done with the Berliner Weiss or flavored with that word, um, uh, whatever it is. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm just I read it and I'm like that's not correct, but I get Kumail Nanjiani in my head and I'm like that's not, yeah. Um, a, li- a liqueur made with caraway, cumin, and fennel. Ugh, fennel. Um, mm. Modern examples are inoculated with lactobac- lactobacillus. Inoculated. Um, and are more balanced and generally don't need sweetening. Sorry, inoculated Casey and a drink Howl- just sounds not... Casey, how <laughs>
2: many- often do you give your beers vaccines?
0: Like, that's... <laughs> Inoculation is just a strange um, word to use. I feel like in this
1: context. No, that's it is the correct use.
2: In silence. It's just weird. It is, but it's just it the the the, the, the statement of inoculation in my brain just immediately goes. All right, time for your vaccine shot. Yeah,
0: your your lactose. just kill cell. off
3: everything that's in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we just boil it to death. Forget the vaccine.
0: <laughs> so I'm on this next word. <laughs> Lichtenhainer. <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. Uh, that's a word. So a sour, smoked, lower-gravity historical German wheat beer.
1: All right. It's checking all the boxes for me. I Yeah, I, really. I
0: heard smoked, and I'm like,
1: yes. I heard smoked, and then I just I reread I heard- that, and I, said, and I saw sour, and I said, nope, we're going to uncheck those boxes, <laughs> and we're going to move away from this one because sour and smoked. And I'm like, nope, no thank you. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's why I was like, Chris, are you sure about this? Taking back those checks.
0: I'm on the fence about
1: it nope Um, burned the fence down (laughs) salted Uh, the earth so no more fences could grow
0: salted the earth with the ghost of salt Uh, complex yet refreshing character due to high attenuation and carbonation along with low bitterness and moderate sourness the smoke character is stronger than the bready notes and the smoke has a dry character like the remnants of an old fire not a greasy smoke What what the what's a greasy smoke that's what I need to know.
2: You, you've you you've not cooked a lot with... Uh, you've not had an oil fire catch in your <laughs> kitchen, have
0: you? I have not, to be fair.
3: <laughs> oh, I had, a, uh, I had a co-worker that had a grease fire in his kitchen three weeks oh. ago. Ooh. Man, that kitchen is gone. Ooh.
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand uh, the, the, I, the I, I issues re- with it, but I, I, I have not experienced it myself.
2: I've worked yeah. in a lot of food, and uh, no, I know that smell. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough.
0: Okay. Uh, served young, the characteristic smoke and sour is an unusual combination that is not for everyone, <laughs> obviously. Originating in Lichtenhain in oh, Thuringen, Central Germany, Thuringen. Uh, the height of popularity was towards the end of the 1800s, traditionally made with smoked barley malt and 30 to 50% wheat malt, then fermented with lactobacillus and ale yeast. This... Style can be compared to a smoked Berliner Weiss. I, I'm still intrigued. The end of smoke.
1: the 1800s. <laughs> My brain is having trouble.
2: I'm just hearing like
1: this smoked Berliner. I'm hearing
2: Weiss. the end of the 1800s. I'm, I'm thinking of the end of the 1800s. I'm like, yeah, Napo-, you know, like well, you're post-Napoleon, I guess, but hmm. things are about to get real rough in the area where you're going to be making this.
0: Yeah, I'm just, i I'm always intrigued by the idea of the smoked thing, but like. Yeah, smoked sour is definitely, like, messing with my brain.
2: Mm. <laughs> oh, Brittany. I'm sorry for what comes next. I didn't do this to you. I just wanted you to know my condolences. <laughs> yeah, these are words. we so are moving into the Polish.
0: We're in Polish land, and um, I'm sorry to anyone. In <laughs> to any Poles. E- anyone in Eastern Europe, I think. Uh, whew, uh, pivo Grodziski. Yeah. Nice. No idea. I mean, I'm going with the little, like, phonetic thing there, but still. Uh, So, known as Graetzer. Okay, I can do that. In German-speaking countries. And in some beer literature, this beer is a low-gravity, high-sessionable, highly-sessionable, highly-carbonated, light-bodied ale combining an oak-smoked flavor with a clean, hop bitterness served in tall, conical glassware to accommodate the vigorous foam head yeah uh but also this sounds good i i heard oak smoked and i'm like i'm in
1: <laughs> vigorous foam head yes
0: um see
2: i i heard it in the the weird Al parody of zoot suit riot of grapefruit diet and so i heard oak smoke flavor
0: flavor Whatever it's going to take.
1: See, I'm just uh, that needs to be a shirt now. The we need to have the quotes and it says "vigorous foam head."
0: (laughs) Dear, um, I just got something worse in my head, and I'm just okay. Uh, Developed as a unique style centuries ago in the Polish city of Grodzisk, uh, this style's fame and popularity rapidly extended to other parts of the world in the late 19th and early 20th. Early 20th century, regular commercial production declined after World War II and ceased altogether in the early mid 1990s. It oh, t- actually took a while. Uh, the grain bill usually consists entirely of oak-smoked wheat malt, which has a different and less intense smoke character than German beechwood-smoked barley malt. It has a drier, crisper, leaner—I almost said cleaner—leaner quality without a Bacon, ham, smoke flavor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: Bob, you're, that's your go-to so there, with, isn't it?
0: Without that, that flavor, important. Uh, Saws-type <laughs> hops and a relatively clean and attenuative continental ale yeast are traditional. German Hefeweizen yeast or other strains with a phenol or strong ester character are inappropriate.
2: Very inappropriate. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, you're this inappropriate. One sounds really good to me.
2: The description
0: here. So. Yeah.
1: So before before I hit the search, any takers? Does Off Color brew this?
3: <laughs> oh. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, God. I don't know who would make the malt. Mm. If they do, it's small because like there's no mass producer of that.
1: I don't know if you've looked at what Off Color makes. <laughs>
3: Uh, oh no! I'm saying there's no mass producer of m- uh, of oak smoked malt. They do that not. Sounds very like niche. it would be something.
1: Or untapped yeah. does not have a record of them ever brewing this. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to contact them and niche-y. say, "Hey, off color, um, your your catalog of beer is missing."
0: I mean, I think <laughs> they're still doing quite well with the Sati, so
1: you can't. You're the only producer of a Sati in
0: <laughs> in America, probably
1: in North America, and I need more Sati, so. Aye, aye. All
3: aye, right. aye. Moving on to Belgium. So let's start off with the Belgian wit beer. Uh, it's, it's a refreshing, wit. elegant, tasty, moderate stripped wheat beer um, or wheat based ale. It's a 400 year old Belgian beer that died out in the 1950s and was later revived by Pierre Celly or Celay maybe uh, at Hogarth. The style has grown steadily in popularity over time, both with modern crappers and mass market producers who see it as somewhat fruitier uh, and a summer seasonal style beer. About 50 percent unmalted wheat and 50 percent pale barley malt, something like a Pilsner malt usually, uh, con- constitute the grist. Uh, Spices of freshly ground coriander and curacao are sometimes used uh, as well as sweet orange peel that complements the sweet aroma and are quite characteristic of the style. I don't Uh, know if they actually use any – I don't know if they – I've never thought of curacao with this. I've not seen a blue wit beer. (laughs) That would be blue curacao. Sorry. Um, Other spices like chamomile, cumin, cinnamon, or grains of paradise may be used for complexity but are much less prominent. Uh, L-yeast prone to the production of mild spicy flavors is very characteristic. In some instances, a very limited lactic fermentation or the actual addition of lactic acid is done. Um, The presence, character, and degree of spicing and lactic sourness will vary with this style. Overly spiced and or sour beers are not good examples of this style. So it shouldn't be too spicy. It shouldn't be sa- super sour. It, this should just be uh, a wheat beer that has a little bit of tartness to it. Um, the beer tends to be fragile and does not age well. So younger, fresher, properly handled examples are more desirable. Oh, Which I
1: feel
3: would like be hard most to examples, for us. <laughs> most <laughs> examples seem to be approximately 5 ABV. Mm-hmm. Lambic, the lambic, the lambic. Thought, is a fairly. I sour. thought it
1: was appropriate for you to deal with the lambics because that's a, that's a sensitive subject. <laughs> Anywhere outside like of the lambic, lambic region.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you want me to get the hate mail? Yep. I see how it is. Uh, It's a fairly sour, often moderately funky, wild Belgian wheat beer with sourness taking the place of hop bitterness in the balance. Traditionally spontaneously fermented in the Brussels area and served uncarbonated, the refreshing acidity makes this a very pleasant cafe drink. Uh, Straight Lambics are single-batch. My
2: cafes will give me alcohol.
3: Oh, yes. That is Belgium right there. (laughs) You see cafe. It does not mean have a coffee. (laughs)
2: I mean, like <laughs> Belgium, where Germany and France meet, where your cafes give
3: you beer. We got the cafe from France and the Germans we brought the beer it. to it.
2: And we stocked <laughs> it with beer to make the Germans happy.
3: Yep. Uh, straight Lambics are single batched. Um, they are unblended. Uh, and since they are unblended, the straight Lambic is often uh a true product of the house character of the brewery and uh, will be much more variable than a uh, uh They're generally served young about six months old and on tap as cheap, easy-drinking beers without any filling carbonation. Younger versions tend to be the one-dimensionally sour type of beers since a complex Brett character often takes upwards of a year to develop. Uh, an enteric character, so think, uh, think like... Rotten gastric juices. Mm. Um, oh, God. Would be uh, often indicative of a lambic that is too young. Um, a noticeable vinegary or cidery character is considered to be a fault by Belgian brewers since the wild yeast and bacteria will ferment all the sugars. They are typically bottled only when they have completely fermented. Spontaneously fermented wild ales from the area in and around Brussels stem from a farmhouse brewing tradition several centuries old. The number of producers is constantly dwindling. Uh, in the Lambic, 30 to 40 percent of it is made up of unmalted wheat. Uh, then you have Pilsner malt and three-year-old aged hops, which are used. So um, another, the aged hops, another
1: big today I learned, Lambics are wheat beers. <laughs> like that's in mm-hmm. my mind. I don't it's Things I never really considered.
3: Yeah, um, The they use the three year old aged hops for um, more of their preservative effect than the bitterness uh, and it makes actual bitterness levels difficulty or difficult to estimate since, you know hops lose bitterness over time. Uh, Traditionally, these beers are spontaneously fermented with naturally occurring yeasts and bacteria in predominantly oaken barrels. Uh, These barrels are used though when they're very neutral, um, so they don't give any oak character, uh, very little if any at all. Um, You don't want to expect a fresh or forward oak character. It's just very neutral. Uh, Craft-brewed versions are more typically made with pure cultures of yeast, including Saccharomyces, Britannomyces, Pediococcus, and Lactobacillus, in an attempt to recreate the effects of the dominant microbiota in Brussels and the surrounding countryside of the Sien River Valley cultures taken from bottles are sometimes used but there's no simple way of knowing what uh, organisms in that bottle are still viable since you know different things die at different times different concentrations of of acid and and sugar and alcohol and
2: ride you know. your red bicycle as quickly as you can <laughs> out of that area and onto <laughs> into the airport to get it back for cultures sake.
3: Yeah. yeah or or just go and collect a sample out of the air and see what you get, because that's that. I mean, that's pretty much what they're doing there. They're opening um, the shutters in a an upper room, and the little dust particles that float by in the wind are what make the beer um, work. Still picturing a butterfly net trying to catch them. That's urban <laughs> artifact.
1: The where they've now devoted like a decade of time running around Cincinnati, and then they come back and they're like, "Look, most of everything we can find isn't suitable to brew with." Yeah.
3: No. No, <laughs> we all like to to have this sort of romantic idea of oh, there's some great yeast. No, there's no great yeast. You're an industrial complex.
2: There's there's no great yeast in the air tonight. Oh no.
1: No, that's I will say. Um, I don't know if this story has made it to Casey yet. I've I've, I've pimped it on our show before. Uh, go listen to the missing link episode. Uh, How do they spell it? It's like L-N-C-K-E because it was the Leak Brewery. Anyway, um, someone renovating a building found an old abandoned beer cellar from the 1800s in Cincinnati, and it had a wooden vat from the brewery still down in the cellar. An urban artifact was allowed to get at it, and they were able to harvest yeast cultures from it and so they've been brewing a beer with the yeast that they were able to get from it and propagate, and uh, they've even got the yeast available to anyone who wants it to brew with, and it's, like, incredible. (laughs) I just love the story. So
3: next up... Oh, Oh. yeah. Uh, Next up is the uh, G-U-E-U-Z-E. It's a traditionally produced uh, beer made by mixing one... Two and three-year-old lambic, so the lambic con- young version contains fermentable sugars, while the old versions have that characteristic wild taste um, from from having those those quiet, crazy wild bacteria and and yeast that develop over time. Uh, A complex and pleasantly sour but balanced wild Belgian wheat beer uh, that is highly carbonated and very refreshing. Uh, The spontaneous fermentation character can provide a very interesting complexity with a wide range of wild barnyard, horse blanket, or leather characteristics intermingling with citrusy, fruity flavors, and acidity. More complex and carbonated than a lambic. Uh, The sourness isn't necessarily higher, but it tends to have a more well-developed wild character. Uh, a noticeably vinegary or cidery character is considered a fault by Belgian brewers and a good goose is the most pun is is not the most pungent but possesses a full and tantalizing bouquet of sharp aromas and soft velvety flavors. So there should be layers to it. Uh, a lambic is served uncarbonated while the goose is often served effervescent um, mainly because you're adding that young, portion of the, the wort or young beer that still has sugar in it to the old beers. And then it's re recarbonating basically inside your container. Um, usually a bottle products made Oud or vile or Ville, uh, are considered most traditional. Um, so you, you would have an Oud goose. Um, and so, Spontaneously fermented wild wild elves in the area, in and around Brussels, uh, stem from a farmhouse, brewing, and blending tradition several centuries old. The number of producers is constantly dwindling, however, and some producers are untraditionally sweetening their products post-fermentation to make them more palatable to wider audiences. Lindemans, these Mm. guidelines describe the traditional dry product.
0: (laughs) So I I had to go immediately look... um... On because Beer Advocate always has those those massive lists of like here's everybody who makes everything uh, huh. The Lost Abbey has one called Duck Duck Goose <laughs> and I'm like
3: <laughs> they won
0: <laughs> like they just won
3: <laughs> I want to try that Like just because I was like I-
0: yeah just good job
3: <laughs> and I hope there are two Lambics that are two of the three Lambics that they used to blend it are called Duck Duck
0: I mean, duck, duck, goose. If not, then something's wrong, you know? Also, another one on here is one that's here, like a Cincinnati brewery. And I'm like, what? What just happened? So, um, yeah. It? Interesting. Spill uh, the beans. Rivertown.
3: Interesting.
1: That's gotta be from old Rivertown who is now, you know, he, he packed up shop and now uh. does the wooden cask. Ah, uh. Basically, anything good know. that Rivertown ever did came came from what is now a wooden cask. Well, know. Wooden cask is pretty good. And they're more than pretty good. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Just try to undersell so I can still get it. Uh,
3: yeah, I hear that Pappy's all right. It's <laughs> not, not great.
1: Here it's okay. All I'm right, trying to moving knock on. It down a few dollars. <laughs>
3: As as Eddie Murphy has, we're going to move into America. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Coming to America?
3: Yeah, we're going to move into America. You know, that's coming to America if you're already here, but then we're going to move into America.
2: Or we're thing. just trying not to get
3: sued by Eddie Murphy? Yeah. He's pretty litigious. Uh, <laughs> first off, we, we come to the American Wheat. Uh, The American wheat is a refreshing wheat beer that can display more hop character and less yeast character than your European cousins. Um, A clean fermentation character allows bready, doughy, and grainy wheat flavors to be complemented by hop flavor and bitterness rather than yeast qualities. Uh, Clean American ale or log yeast differentiate this style from their European uh, versions. Large portions of wheat malt, often 30 to 50%, as well as American, German, or New World hops are typical. Different variations exist from easy-drinking, fairly sweet beers to dry, aggressively hopped beers with stronger wheat flavor. This is an American craft beer adaptation of the German Weiss beer style, and it uses a cleaner yeast with more hops. Um, it was first wildly popularized by Widmer in the mid-1980s. The White IPA. Uh, this is a craft beer interpretation of American IPA crossed with a whip beer so the beer is fruity spicy and refreshing Um, kind of a version of an american ipa but with a lighter color less body and featuring either distinctive yeast and or spice additions typical of the belgian whip beer Um, so these beers typically contain pale and wheat malts uh belgian yeast and citrusy american type hops american craft brewers have developed the style as a late winter spring seasonal and appeal to the wit and IPA drinkers alike. Common examples of this would include like Deschutes Chainbreaker IPA and New Belgium's Accumulation. But this style, however, is not the New England IPA.
1: So um, White IPA, I feel like, had like a flash in the pan moment where it was a huge thing with craft brewers. Yeah. Because I remember it was just a few years ago when everybody, there was like a, there was a summer, like a late summer, where everyone had a wide IPA. And now it just, like yeah. that, like a year later, it was all gone and you can't find them anymore.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my favorite of the night, the wheat wine. Mm, yeah. Wheat, wheat <sighs> wine. The wheat wine is um, a richly textured and high-alcohol sipping beer with a significant grainy, bready flavor and sleek body. The emphasis is first on the bready, weedy flavors with interesting complexity from the malt, hops, fruity yeast character, and alcoholic complexity. Dark malts should be used with restraint, and much of the color arises from uh, sorry, as much of the color arises from a lengthy boil. Uh, the style may be oak-aged, but that isn't necessarily required. Uh, a relevant recent American- to my color, by the way, Casey comes from a lengthy boil as well. <laughs> it does. You can tell you haven't been boiled recently. That's all, folks. A relatively recent American craft beer style that was first brewed at the Rubicon Brewing Company in 1988. Often made as a seasonal winter or a, uh, sorry, a winter seasonal, a vintage or one off release, breweries frequently experiment with the style, leading to a very wide range of interpretations. Um, of these, the most common in the U.S. is probably the um, new, uh, sorry, I want to call it New Belgium, but it's not. It's Blue Moon. And that is one of the versions that would be in the American wheat category. You know, I saw
2: this, it drinking alone.
1: Saw you drinking alone.
2: Just a beer in your heart. Wow. The alcohol
3: in my soul. All right, sorry so there we go <laughs> those are your wheat beer styles. they are uh, I think we are drinking some today I just
2: finished off mine so we better get to it before I ever forget the taste but whatever I'm about to drink now
1: drink <laughs> don't worry with me, I'll friend. remind you because our first one was the same I've graduated Fair. on and if you saw what I was holding up to the camera it's kind of Kind of thick and grainy. What I've moved I, on to. I had to stop. Some some big floaters in there. Yeah. I took a big sip and all of a sudden I mean, was like, all I could think was like flaked wheat. I felt like I was drinking. Oatmeal. I may have wow. changed.
2: Uh, I may have changed to something else too, Chris. Wow,
1: we went in the same vein. <laughs> that would definitely <laughs> you, uh, make you forget, there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Casey? Yeah,
1: it was like we we should hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Okay, so. It's, it's like suspended it's breakfast. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's suspended in there. It's some,
0: what, that last drink something hit my, my mouth and I was like, well, nope. We're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm done with this drink. Uh, like I did not sign up for boba beer. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the first one I had, which I, I keep wanting to hold up the can, but I've got the blur thing on so it's not going to matter. But it's uh, kind of an oldie but a goodie. Uh, Fatheads Brewery Goggle Fogger, which is the Uh, German-style Hefeweizen. Uh,
3: Seems like a slur.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, um, it's 5.4% and uh, 12 IBUs, which is nothing. I I don't understand why they even list that, honestly. So um, yeah, uh, light aromas of bubblegum, banana, and clove. That's about right. Uh, It's just a good beer, like a good Hefeweizen. Yeah. like anybody who's had a half of ice before, kind of knows what that's about, <laughs> uh, and it's it's just a good go to. Um, I really like most of what Fatheads does, so uh, I, I wanted to go that route when we went to find a wheat beer for this episode, uh, and then afterward, I'll let you go into the next one. Or do you want to start with the
1: one that you actually... I mean, I'll do my starter. Yeah, okay. uh, Was uh, Gumball Head from Three Floyds. Actually, like, if I...
2: Why? How about that? (laughs) I, too, had Gumball Head.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's as though we have Three Floyds available to us. Hmm. And honestly, this, like, would... I decided (laughs) a long time ago, if I were to have a go-to beer, it would probably be Gumball Head.
2: Mm. It's real good. It's Fantastic. I forgot how good it was until I was drinking it today. <laughs> I'm glad I bought a
1: six pack. I'm wow, glad you okay. did too. I wish I had. They, uh They
0: did have six packs, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Gumball Heads great. I mean it has as like it has a real bubblegum taste and so their description uh, an American wheat ale brewed with white wheat and dry hopped with hand selected hops from the Yakima Valley. Bright and refreshing with a lemony finish. Uh five abv so the lemony finish i wouldn't say it's not like a citrus lemony up front kind of thing it's more of like a lemon rind with bubble gum Mm -hmm. that's really like the overall thing so i think that's why i like it it's really dry and when you drink one and you put it down you're immediately like i need another
2: it's it's Crisp and it's crushable, yeah.
1: And it like it sets you up for the next one, which is the, be the best part, line. yeah. Like, you when you hammer one down, you're just like, God, I need another. <laughs> that's just how it works. I've gone
2: through two cans. Wow,
1: if I had more, I went cans. through two
2: cans during this episode because I was just kind of like, Oh, god, I gotta pour another. I was like, Jesus, I just that's so good. And this next I mean, thing, this next beer I, I poured, not, not gonna, not,
3: not as crushable.
1: So, so yeah, that's two
3: cans. I hammered
1: that one down. I was like, What else do I have that has wheat? Because then i had to go look and uh it it kind of stopped Pilgrim the Pilgrim the, Pilgrim the drinking so i uh, dug in <laughs> and found uh it was a, good
0: until like just now
1: a bourbon county brand wheat wine ale and usually every year there's a wheat wine uh, i think last year they may have missed and didn't do a wheat wine they do a wheat wine or a barley wine every year but anyway this was the bourbon county 2019 wheat wine ale aged in larceny bourbon barrels But
0: it tasted good. Like it was a good taste. It was
1: good until I started wearing it down and and then then the texture happened. I started getting this (laughs) mouthfeel and texture and I was just like it 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 was like there was there were wheat flakes on my tongue and it like suddenly the liquid was getting pretty thick and I'm just like what is going on? And then I've been holding it up to the camera every so often for you guys to see just like the sheer mass of floaters it is Sweetie flaky. They're like they barely move. They're just like gelatinous, suspended in there, and they got to the point where it looks like syrup. I could feel that's what it feels like so, on my tongue, and I just had to stop. Yeah, I was like, nope. It tasted really delicious Gold to that point. It was nice and sweet. I, I mean, and, it's as
0: if you're drinking like pulpy orange juice, but imagine yeah. the pulp is like significantly pulpy. Thicker.
1: Pulpy is the best descriptor in that. Like. <laughs> You have a glass of pulpy orange juice and you didn't know it was pulpy and suddenly it hits your palate. Like, that's exactly what happened with that. (laughs) You know. uh, Gotcha. Yeah. uh, Chris already hit... There's not a description of that on... of it on here. It's 15.3% ABV.
3: (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah. Uh,
2: Chris, I... I started... Me and you started the same way. <laughs> and
1: ended roughly. And,
2: then you were showing, and you were showing what you were drinking, and I went, oh, I still have a bottle of the, one of those that I've been trying to – I've been waiting to get rid of. <laughs> Tonight's the night.
0: Because
2: hmm. uh, I, I don't know if you heard, but there has been a global pandemic going on, and all the beer I was saving to share with people is just going to get drunk by myself. Yeah. yeah. I get to be sad, alone, and drunk. Uh, well, Us too. I get to, we're we're digitally together so that counts mm-hmm. uh and i grabbed the bourbon county uh barrel aged uh brand Moncherie stout Ooh. what stout aged in bourbon barrels with cherries granola oats brown sugar and 100% natural flavor that added like well, i
1: traded mine of that off so oh, i don't recall it's, this this it's good
0: and it's pretty the tasty. Cherry frightens me as it tends to do.
2: It it mm. it doesn't have that Tussin flavor. Okay. It has like a natural cherry flavor, compared, which is weird. Like, I I was
3: waiting for Tussin. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> as as one does. Uh,
3: it's a rom com right there. No, it's a. Uh,
2: um, oh sh. Never mind. I can't I can't get the uh, author off the top of my head for who wrote Waiting for Godot. That gonna mm. be Waiting for Tussin. <laughs> uh oh, hell. but yeah no it's uh it's very dark I, I, it it is not at all to style by that point gumball head was to style and go get gumball head it's available drink it you'll enjoy yeah, it. No, one
1: of the uh, issues we had was when we were digging around there were like 3 that we could find yeah there were like no wheat that beers. were well no there were wheat beers but they were all fruited oh that's true yeah
2: there was a there was an oberon for sale at my my nearest liquor barn, but it was a fruited Oberon that was a month away from its sell-by date. And I went, you know what? Oh. You've been sitting in here in fluorescent lights every day for almost six months. Yeah. I'm going to pass. Hmm. I'm going to get the cans inside that box over there of, of Gumball Head. That seems the best best choice for me today. Fair. <laughs> uh, because... Because I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of waiting for beer to get good. I'm just gonna start drinking it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Casey. This
2: is not an attack on anyone else. This is literally just I, <laughs> I my fridge is getting too full of things, and I have to get rid I of them. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Casey, what have you had?
3: Uh, Yazoo. Um, I've got the Yazoo, Yazoo Hefeweizen. Um, wanna Gold at GABF back in the early 2000s, and then uh, bronze in the mid teens, 20 teens. Did they so, get worse, or
2: just everyone else get better?
3: <laughs> I think everybody else got better, um, and the palates of the judges is always it always varies what they yeah. feel like that month. Yeah. So um, yeah. There, there's uh, most of the beers that go to GABF are going to be good beers. It's just a matter of what the judges like that time. Yeah. Uh, which is good because that means you get some variety in life mm. and so you can figure out some different things but anyways um, they were it was on one of the ones on tap today and so I was able to just grab a growler of it and uh, bring it back with me instead of having to find something on the shelf uh, there you know it's fresh um, it's also slightly undercarbonated, but you know that is tis the way with, with growler fills Yeah,
2: you take the good you take the bad <laughs> you take them both and there you have the facts of beer.
3: The <laughs> facts of beer. But yeah, um, pretty good beer.
1: All right. All right. Interesting episode. Uh, there we have it. Wheat beer. Everything you ever needed to know about wheat beer. And Casey messaged us never... that, uh, while he was writing it. I was like, hey, so I've got a lot. Um, <laughs> he's like, we can, we can really sum it up and generalize this, or we can break it into like a 19-parter. He's like, because I really want to talk about, he's like, we could do a whole episode on just Different kinds of wheat, not wheat beers, just different kinds of wheat.
2: Which, <laughs> yeah,
1: and I mean, I mean my that, response that seems like it's our wheelhouse. My response was, we can milk this bad boy. I mean, we can. This can be multi-part. <laughs> that
2: can be next yeah, we year. Didn't even- this year was trappist. Next year it
3: can just be wheat. Wheat <laughs> four episode series. Um, and then we'll talk about beer. Yeah, we never got into uh, hard versus soft wheat um, and what they're used for. We never got into winter versus uh, summer wheat and and where or spring wheat and and where you you know basically planting it at different times of year. Casey, you're um, telling
2: me there's a difference between weak and flaccid wheat and hard and erect and turgid wheat.
3: I don't think there's any flaccid wheat, <laughs> but there is turgid oh. wheat. <laughs> It's all turgid. <laughs>
1: all
3: right, we've all been 12 uh, years old that. for this.
2: It's been a good, uh, good fun time. It's good to be back. Mm. Good back to again. Back. We
1: are back. Refreshed.
3: a And eat a it. Mom's back. Spaghetti.
1: <laughs> That's going to fail. Look, it, as an aside, the Mom's Spaghetti thing is going to fail. It's like, it Too has big to, to fail, Chris. It has to be like a pop up stunt. He's got to be getting ready to do something. And he's like, look, I need to remind people I exist. So here's the spaghetti <laughs> pop up. He can't be like, oh, this is my retirement just to open a chain. Okay.
2: okay. Had, no, no, no. He, Hold on. For <laughs> clarification, because no one else knows what we're talking about, Eminem has a restaurant called Mom Spaghetti,
3: and has four right. things on the menu spaghetti, spaghetti. spaghetti, sandwiches, moms. Spaghetti with meatballs, mm-hmm. spaghetti with vegan meatballs, and spaghetti sandwiches.
1: Maybe
0: it's really it. good spaghetti.
1: I feel like it's not.
3: It, it needs to be.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
3: If it's the only thing you sell, it needs to be really the good. Only,
1: the only pictures of it are of him in the drive-thru giving somebody the <laughs> finger.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like, you know what, after Ooh. we watched the interview, I, Eminem can do whatever he wants. I don't know. I don't, Whatever. Like, that guy's got a sense of humor, doesn't take himself so seriously.
1: And no, like, no. the thing is, he developed, well. John- he developed a sense of humor. He took himself way too seriously true, for a true. lot of years. And then finally he gave grew El- a sense of humor. Yeah, that's true.
2: He gave Elton John a diamond-encrusted cock ring.
0: <laughs> I mean...
1: <laughs> for Elton John's wedding gift. And I, to, to that, I went... Well done. That was, that was him trying to prove he wasn't homophobic because he got a lot of flack early on for a lot of really homophobic songs.
2: He became friends with Elton John. Like at a certain point, you're just like, all right, life's weird, man. Elton John and Eminem were friends. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters.
0: (laughs) But then you have the thing on the interview where he's like straight faced. Like just, I'm just like, yeah, good job. Do whatever you want to do. I don't, I don't care. (laughs)
2: All right, let's let's wrap this yeah. up. I think we're 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 in rambling.
1: We're, we'll go into Lord's become a rambling show. If you've made it this oh. far, you'll be interested in post show where we're getting into Ted Lasso. Potentially. So uh, Again. that's for patrons. If you're not uh, not on the Twitch, yeah, you can catch that on the Patreon. So if you want to know our thoughts on Ted Lasso, okay.
3: You have to watch the commercial for Mom's spaghetti also. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'll put that up there.
2: <laughs> Casey, we have a closing ritual, and you
3: have to start us. You have to subscribe and get some great resources <laughs> at haveadrinkshow.com. You can follow us at HaveADrinkShow on social media and Twitch TV. Sorry, now I kind of want to do it the 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 uh,
2: the the Gregorian monk style, like. Tell us your favorite <laughs> drink. Ask a question, or leave general feedback. You can use the email address at email at uh, Sorry, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, uh, Or you can use the feedback page on the website. Uh, or you know, just, you know, email us your Gregorian chant. Uh, and yeah, you know, your question in the form of a Gregorian chant. We'll.
1: I would appreciate it very please much. Please do that. <laughs> All joking and monks aside, we like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly.
0: Oh, dear.
2: Okay. I
1: was like, I don't have anything to hit myself in the face with. I was about to grab the keyboard and do it.
2: There's always something to hit yourself in the face with. It's called your hands.
0: Oh, dear. Okay. Whew. Uh, check us out. In another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And also, uh, haveadrinkstore.com. Recently updated. Um, switching out basically summer stuff for some winter stuff. Uh, got hoodies on there now. And uh, coming. a um, a face Winter's mask. Winter is gross. So, uh, if you are interested in that. Uh, once again, I am Brittany Lee Walker.
1: And I've just been I'm Christopher Walker
3: And I'm Casey Price We'll see you next time Bye
1: guys Bye. What was the shirt I recommended Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Seriously I'm drunk and can't remember.